Life at the turn of the 20th century, especially in the area of the panhandle border between Texas and Oklahoma, was rugged. Francisco Vasquez de Coronado described the panhandle as a great sea without a stone, a bit of rising round, not a tree, not a shrub, not anything to go by or find your way. The land of the naked eye appears flat, but closer examination reveals an expanse of llano broken by gullies, arroyos, and mesas. The pastures of short prairie grasses invaded by patches of wind-blown hard scrabble were better suited to ranching than farming, especially around the Red River, where rainfall was spotty throughout the year and non-existent in the summers. From time to time in the spring and early summer, Savage thunderstorms unload buckets of water on the thirsty soil, too quickly to be absorbed in the ground. The spontaneous but temporary rivers carved still more gashes in the harsh land as they ran south to the Gulf of Mexico. In the winters, zephyrs of frigid winds swept across the plains, gaining momentum as they traveled down from Canada. Channeled by the Rocky Mountains to the Panhandle, the stinging blasts pummeled any inhabitant foolish enough to brave the open prairie. At the turn of the 20th century, there were no paved roads or automobiles. People still traveled by horseback and wagons. Farmers and ranchers occupied most of the land, and cowboys regularly wore pistols to kill the ever-present rattlesnakes. The few small towns scattered throughout the region struggled to exist and often disappeared during a hard winter. The Fort Worth and Denver Railroad, one of the primary stimulants for the settlement and farming of the Panhandle, was the only reliable transportation over long distances, although few traveled far. Most people in those days lived and died within 100 miles of their birth. Napoleon Bonaparte supposedly said, There is no such thing as accident. It is fate unnamed. I have always believed my destiny was decided long before my birth. My father, Virgil Lee Lewis, returned from the killing fields of Europe in 1918 to begin a lifelong infatuation with the Fort Worth and Denver Railroad, initially as a locomotive fireman, then as an engineer. It was a fickle association, at times one-sided, when the company would furlough Dad for months without explanation, regret, or even a promise of future relations. Nevertheless, Dad was smitten with the big iron machines that dominated the lives of the Texas Panhandle inhabitants. At the turn of the 20th century, the railroad provided seeds, land, and access to faraway markets to farmers, well-paying jobs to working men, and dreams of exciting possibilities to every schoolboy who watched in wonder as the mighty engines thundered past. Before I could walk, Dad carried me on his shoulders to wonder at the size of the powerful steam engines that dominated the rails in the 1920s and 1930s. He roared with laughter when the engineer, knowing we were nearby, released clouds of steam and smoke to billow from beneath the wheels accompanied by the loud shrieks of the train whistle and his little boy. Dad loved everything about the railroad, and I am my father's son. 